so first conspiracy mike how are you i'm good very good bit tired but good it's good to hear well i, I want to kind of jump straight into the album in a way but uh, with maybe a, a bit of a weird question i believe uh, you're half american mm -hmm. do you remember your first trip to america my first trip to america would have been when i was i mean like really small okay. my dad grew up in sorry guys sorry guys if that's all right then um yeah my first trip to america would have been when i was really small um i guess three or four my dad grew up in new jersey so mm -hmm. i've always had cousins and grandparents and and, and stuff on, on the east coast mm -hmm. um but yeah it's uh it's a place i've been going my whole life really and well, you mentioned your father's from uh, New Jersey, and so I want to start with the song To Be Free. Mm. When did you decide to write that song? It's a really weird feeling. I didn't, I didn't decide to write that song at all. I was actually on holiday last year, and I was just playing my guitar and really not thinking about anything at all, and stumbled across this, this guitar part that I really liked, and these words just started falling out and I realized 10 minutes in what story I was telling and this story is you know of my grandparents they, they were Jewish refugees uh, my granddad was from Cologne originally my grandmother was from Zeshov in Poland mm. and they were living in Germany and they, they they fleed just before you know shit got real and um, they stayed in a refugee camp in France throughout the war. And when the war was finished, they moved to America. Um, that's where my dad was born and his siblings. And then my dad grew up, he moved all around the world and he ended up in England with my mum. They had me and my sister. And then I grew up and I traveled around. So it's just telling that, that story of the three generations. Um, it's obviously, you know, part of something so tragic and and yeah, I never thought I would go near that subject matter in, in songwriting, but sometimes it just comes out, you know? Why not? Why didn't you want or think to, uh, to want to write about it? I think it's just such a delicate issue. Mm. Um, one that has affected my family massively. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't want to, I just, unless it was going to be perfect, I didn't, I didn't want to attempt it. So. I just hadn't thought of, of, of doing it, and I suppose then when it was, when it was coming out, it was, um, I just had tears streaming down my face, and it was, it was a really, it was a, yeah, powerful moment, but a really important one. And I'm sure your family has heard it, so, so what did they think of it? Yeah, I haven't played it to okay. my dad yet. No. I, like, I keep on meaning to, and then it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very personal thing to, to sure. talk about, but... Um, We've actually got a really beautiful video. I went back to the beach town that we used to go to as kids um, growing up in New Jersey, and we shot a video there. So I kind of feel like I want to wait for him to see the video with the song, because I think there's a real sort of poetry about that. And so, so this is the, obviously the start of the connection with America. And over the years, uh, I mean, you've been there many times, like you say. When uh, after making so many albums and, and now writing songs, when did that element of Americanism or, or Americana kind of seep into to what you were doing? I mean, I think it's always been there. I, I, you know, I grew up on American songwriters, Paul Simon, you know, 
James Taylor, Joni Mitchell, Canadian, but you know, North <laughs> American at least. Um, and I've always loved that that kind of music, and, and I've always loved that that influence. Um, and it's always been there in Passenger. I think this time around was I was I was playing the songs through before we went into the album to record. And you know, there's a few songs that are specifically about places in the states. You know, there's a place a song about Yellowstone National Park. There's one about Detroit, obviously to be free that we've talked about. But all of the songs feel like they have this kind of big, kind of rolling, moving American road trip kind of feel to them. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to really commit to that idea and, you know, musically bring it out a little bit with, with certain elements of so banjo and mandolin and some lap steel and stuff like that. But also visually, we ended up going on this big road trip around America and we made videos for every song on the album in a different part of the States. So, yeah, the whole... I, I suppose it's as close to a concept album as I've, as I've made. Is there one place in particular that stuck out for you after going through that road trip? Several. I mean, I think the most amazing places were sort of in the southwest, mm. all the national parks, which um, the new single, Hell or High Water, um, that's where we shot shot that one and yeah it was maybe over the course of four days we went to Monument Valley in Utah, uh, Valley of Fire, Death Valley and one of the, oh, and Joshua Tree in mm. California so it was um, you know I've, I've been to the States a million times I've been touring there a lot but you never get to see this stuff um, unless you really really want to and just it, they were like different planets you know really was like walking around on Mars some of the time and not very many people there. We were going early in the morning or, or later in the evening so we basically had the place to ourselves and it was just magical, yeah. And quite a contrast and then you mentioned Detroit and I'm guessing because I've spent a little bit of time over there, it's yeah. ghost town. Yeah. Um, so, so that's quite a contrast. So, so what did you make of kind of all these different aspects of, of America? That's exactly what America is to me. It's it's such a contrasting place. You have the richest people in the world. You have some of the poorest. It's a it's a huge spectrum. They they do extremes very very well or very badly. Um, and yeah, Detroit. You know, I I wrote that song. I played a concert in Detroit a few years ago, and I and I was very ignorant about the history of that place. But you know, obviously the the motor industry, all being based there for so many years thousands of jobs that were lost when you know these huge companies moved to Asia and wherever else and yeah now you have these neighborhoods that are just pretty much abandoned you know you can drive for 10 minutes and barely see people and, and these houses that are just battered old houses with trees growing through them and mm-hmm. remnants of people's lives that they just left you know and it really is it was a hard couple of days. It was freezing cold, it was raining, and we shot this video over two days, and I felt so sad making that video. It was, it was, yeah, unbelievable to, to see a city that had been so affluent, had been, you know, it was the home of Motown. It was, right. for so many years, such, a, such an important city in America, and, and just to see it in that way. I should say, there's so much positive that is going on in Detroit now. You know, there's some fantastic art and music coming out there. There's 
great restaurants and bars and a really cool scene emerging from from the ashes of that. Right. So I really don't want it to come across like Detroit is some depressing place. <laughs> it's not. There's some some great positivity there as well. But there is this this slightly um yeah, it's, um b- bizarre side to it too. Mm. And well, you mentioned the videos, and I believe for every song you're doing a video, both uh, acoustic song and, mm. and then uh, for the full version. Mm. How important was was it to have this visual element? You, mean, you mentioned Detroit and the, the harsh winters there, and yeah. then, uh, in those those national parks, the kind of the, the, the sublime nature that that you mm. can find there. So, how important was kind of visualizing those things? I think what I've I've realized is my music. It's, it's quite cinematic, you know, it, it, it paints a picture with lyrics and, and with the soundscape and it really works with, the, with, you know, I've been making more and more videos in, within nature over the last few years. I think I'm writing more about nature as well. Um, and YouTube and, you know, throwing videos up online is such a great, great way of kind of incorporating your entire fan base. You know, I can go busking around Europe and people in Nepal are like, cool, you know, love you to come. You know, you get all these wonderful comments from Argentina or, you know, wherever saying, you know, come and bask. And the reality is I can't, I can't be everywhere, you know. So making lovely videos really helps to engage the, the global fan base, I think. And yeah, I think it's really important. But in, in the same sense then, is that also why you decided to do an acoustic version of each of the songs because people's uh, tastes differ. Yeah, definitely. You can never please everyone. It's something you find out when, especially when, when things get bigger. Mm. You know, I think when I was playing in pubs and Passenger was just kind of, it, it was what it was, then everyone's cool with it. When it gets bigger, then suddenly you have people who are like, oh, you've changed too much, or I prefer the acoustic stuff, and, you know, whatever. So by doing acoustic versions, it keeps me happy as well. Like, I love, that's how I write the songs, right? It's nine out of ten times I'm just in my bedroom or on the tour bus or whatever and I write it on an acoustic guitar. So I think it's really lovely to offer both sides of the coin, you know? I love building a song into a bigger sound. Um, I love having the band, I love having strings and backing vocals and having all of those colours to play with. But then, yeah, because the lyrics are so important to me, I think when it's just a guitar and vocal, there's a real purity to it and a real, there's nothing in the way of that story being told. You mentioned something interesting, uh, which is kind of the, the success, and, and then you've, you've uh, released quite some albums in, in a relatively short period. Yep. Do you feel that responsibility in, in a way that it's not just you anymore? Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's funny when you have a big song because the psychology of it is really interesting. Some people view it as a negative thing, you know, the kind of one-hit wonder, why haven't you done it again, you know, where's the next big song? And I suppose I have felt a little bit of pressure at, at points to come back with a big song and, and whatever. The thing is, when I wrote Let It Go, it wasn't anything special. I didn't do it in a different way. I didn't fly over to Nashville to write with some crazy superstar writer or producer. I just wrote it backstage at a gig. It was an honest song. I wrote it in 45 minutes and it turned into this massive thing. So I kind of feel like I don't, 
I can't, I shouldn't change anything. I just, mm. I just do what I've always done, which is make the music that I'm really proud of. I, I believe in it. Every time I release an album, I truly believe it's my best work. That's the best thing I can do at the time. Whether the world agrees, it's not within my control, you know? And that's a really important thing to learn as a musician, I think, is everything within your control, do it well. Do it as well as you can. Every gig, play it as well as you can. Every record, every song, whatever it is, do it as well as you can. Then what the world takes from it and creates, that's, no one can control that. So I think that's really helpful to not feel, otherwise it feels completely out of control and, and at times really overwhelming. If you're trying to shape the universe, right. it's, it's not possible. I'm not big enough. <laughs> Finally then, uh, the title track, Runaway. When did that song come up? When, when did that? I just wrote it at home and I think it's interesting because I've, you know, I've got a girlfriend, I've got a couple of cats, we've moved into a, a nice house and for the first time I feel like I have got a home and I think, interestingly, Runaway is kind of about that, you know, I've been touring relentlessly for 10 years and plus and uh, yeah, you get into the habit of not running away from everything but you're never in one place for long enough to take any kind of responsibility or, you know, there's always this, this excuse of like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in another town, I'm, I'm busy, I'm doing this. And Runaway really is just about saying, actually, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm really happy here. I'm really content here. This is amazing. And actually, I don't want to run my whole life. So. Well, that's quite interesting because I, I wrote a couple of lines down, uh, Rolling Stones never find a home. I don't want to uh, search no more and I don't want to run away. Mm. But this idea of the, of the traveling musician, the, the troubadour, has always been there. Yeah. So, so was it difficult? And then, you, like you say, you've done it yourself. You've mm. traveled all over, played music. So was mm. it, was it, what was it like um, finding a home, in a way? Not as straightforward as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, lovely, but you have to... To become a touring musician, you have to discover this work ethic and this mm. ability to, to travel and deal with it and adapt to new situations. So after 10 years of this, it's hard to, it's hard to come away from that and be like, you know what, I, I have got this place I can go back to and relax and come down and unwind and be Mike, not passenger. Um, it's definitely a change of pace. I had some time off last year and it was difficult for the first couple of months. It was really hard. I, kept on writing songs, I kept on coming up with ideas, and it's just like, just stop, man, just stop. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm very lucky, but it's a nice problem to have, I suppose. Sure. Mike, have fun uh, today at Fondle Park. Thanks. Thank you very much for your time. Great, thank, thank you. you very much. All right. Great interview, man. Thank you.